back to the jerks in the fourth row for another wild edition of the podcast. Join with me from, virtually is my dog, Tim. How you doing, homie? Hey, yo. I'm ready to get into this. I'm excited. You ready to get wild? Uh, I'm ready to get wild. Um, <laughs> as uh, All my nicknames are based around animals, whether it's the dog or the bear, grizzly bear, whatever. Yeah. So, so th- today's podcast, as you could probably tell from the title, we're talking about the man versus nature, man versus the wild, uh, as it relates to a lot of our favorite movies uh, that we have out there. Um, and really, uh, Tim and I are trying to figure out if, if this genre exists, and if it does, then why isn't it listed as, you know, just like a, a, popular, right. a popular genre? Because as you'll hear throughout this podcast, we've come up with, you know, dozens, if not there's probably hundreds of movies that that deal with this genre um so right. we're going to try to define it and see if there actually is if it's a wide genre or if it's something that you know is just kind of niche to a few movies it's definitely like a script like archetype in that like there's clearly it's a story as old as as old as time like some of the first cave paintings are man versus you know nature in some way or man amongst nature so this is literally i bet you're right it doesn't get mentioned or listed in like netflix or hbo max or whatever like it's not man versus or human versus nature or uh reverse wild uh it, it's it's basically what you know where we came from um, yeah no but, i think uh, it's probably something that was a lot more realistic and a lot more you know prevalent to i'm sitting right now in in maine with two designer little dogs at my feet, as you could probably hear, in a in an air con air conditioned room. So I, I don't think living. I'm not. I'm not. Though I like to go hiking and be out in nature and stuff. You know, nowadays we don't really have to think about battling the elements as much as as people in well, the past do. Which is why some, which we, is why yeah. a lot of these movies that we're gonna go through, kind of some of them at least are are in the past. And how, you know, with, with people having to, to brave the elements or deal with the elements. Well, well and that's what I was going to say. Like, we choose to do that stuff, actually, and have in the past. Um, and people still continue to do that. Like, so Phil and I were talking and talking with our dad, as we do almost biweekly or every couple weeks. There's somebody who needs to be rescued from Mount Washington or somewhere in the Whites or someone dies. Like last week, someone died up on Mount Washington. Um, and there's these constant, basically the way we're going to start out is, uh, you know, a, a did you know segment where we talk about the White Mountains a little bit and, and how they, you know, essentially are the, the setting for a lot of real life harrowing stories. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I've got some facts here. Tim asked me to look up a few things. So actually, the last person who died, I, I was actually on the mountain that day on, on Mount Washington. The last time someone died. Uh, it was last, I thought it was last week. Um, from, Dad just sent us that article. Uh, it seemed maybe it seemed like just last week. But the one that I have here was from uh, June 18th when I was up there doing my Mount Washington auto road race. Um, the conditions up there were 90 mile an hour winds. This is on June 18th. So this is like the day before the first day of summer, 90 mile an hour winds, 10 degree temperatures guy from, uh, I believe he was from New York, uh, or maybe it was messages. I can't remember. It's, it's, it always seemingly is someone from out of state that, that just doesn't really understand that how brutal conditions can be up there. Um, but over the last, 
100 years or so, there's been 190 deaths in the presidential range up in the White Mountains. And, uh, and so that, we, that averages about, about two per year. Um, see, oddly right. enough, too, the, the number of rescues that average per year is 190 as well. It was, it was, I have the article right here. It's July 31st last week, Northeast's highest peak. A, a hiker had to be rescued, and he was unresponsive when they got to him. So they had to carry him out. Well, well, okay, so maybe mine was just for the whites. What's what's the... This is the Northeast highest peak is Mount Washington. Okay. Dad sent us the article this past week. Okay, well, then my Wikipedia updates are, are out of date. So make that 191 people, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, so and, and on average, there's 190 rescues per week. So that's one every other day that, that cost uh, Fish and Game or whoever the rescuers are, um, <clears throat> on average, $300,000 a year to rescue people. Um, in 1996... That was the last uh, most deadliest year or the, the one, the most deadliest year when we were alive. Uh, there was six deaths between the, between the months of January and March. Um, so those, as people around here know, know that that's probably the coldest time uh, to be up on the mountain. Um, you know, snowy. Most of these deaths range between our hypothermia or avalanches on Mount Washington. Uh, and then 1967, that was the deadliest uh, year on Mount Washington, and that that had to do with a cog accident, a cog railway accident um, that I couldn't really find much about. I think that they've kind of swept that under the rug. Not to hear that the cog either blew up or fell off the rails or whatever happened isn't exactly good for tourism. So they don't necessarily document exactly what happened there. Uh, but it, like I said, it's the most of the deaths are from avalanches, are from falls, are from heart attacks, hypothermia. So the, not only the strenuous amount. Of hiking that you see up there, it can also turn in, as Tim and I have figured is have experienced by ourselves. If you're up on the mountain, it can go from a nice calm day at the peak, not in too much incline, to a lot of trouble quickly. And Tim and I had a hike on on uh, North and South Peak, um, Twin Peaks, right? That's what it was called. That, yeah, North that, that kind of turned hairy quick. Yeah, changed very quick, and I probably had early onset. Uh, hypothermia but luckily luckily we were you know prepared we were not with enough guys you know we were dad and a few of our friends a few of our buddies who uh got me gatorade and got me you know all fixed up and we we stayed at the hut that night but it can happen real quick up here in the whites and basically you know there are some people who kind of seek it out which are a lot of these movies are about and you are actually one of those people who had sought it out themselves. Many might not know this about Phil, but a handful of years back, maybe what, How I think that might have been 10 years now. Wow, yeah. Um, let me see. It's 2015, I think? 2016? So, 2015. So, Phil, 15, Phil 2015. Hikes, so that's seven years Phil ago. the entire length of New Hampshire and um, basically started close to where he lives now on the um, on the border of uh, New Hampshire and Mass and hiked up all the way through along the coast and then up through the whites and you ended up doing the presidential range. So essentially you started easy going, like literally flat on the coast, looking at the, the, the coastline, having lobster rolls, people treating you to, you know, stays at their places and food to, you know, a couple of nights in the woods where you faced your, you know, you, you you had a few stories to 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners, I've already probably told this to a few, but some, you know, for those of you who haven't, like I did, yeah, it took me 10 days to go from the border of Mass, New Hampshire, all the way up to Canada through New Hampshire. I dipped in, I dipped my toe into Mass really quick, into into Maine for a full day. Shout out to James for keeping me company, James Bodie for keeping me company in that. Um, and then at the end, actually where I crossed into Canada, I actually went through Vermont as well. So I Tried to touch as many New England states as possible. Anyways, uh, Tim, you say that, that that first day was leisurely. It was not. Like, it was like nine. That was one of my harder days. Like, that was like 90 degrees, and we were pounding pavement, like, the entire time. Um, mm. So I was pretty sore after that first day. Uh, but, yeah, the ones that I was more kind of battling the elements is, or five, is like, more in, in the woods was that presidential traverse. And then, and then the Coas County, where there's just... There's a sign-in book where, you know, most of these trails in New Hampshire are hiked every single day. This one in particular, there's a sign-in book just so people know if you're out there to come rescue you or not. If, if you haven't signed in and signed out, then, you know, they, they keep track of who's in there because the sign-in book that I was in, I think this was like a Thursday or a Friday, so a, kind of a popular day to hike. I was the only one within the last like three days to have even gone on the trail, or Dad and I. Dad actually joined me for that link. And we ran into bear, we ran into moose, and just a bunch of other howling things that were keeping us up at night that we wouldn't wouldn't really let us sleep. It's clear that man is not king up there. It's it's definitely it's the elements that even the trail, like the trees started to take the trail back. Like it was it was it was probably one of the most wild experiences I've ever had. Like just being out in the elements, and you can understand from these. I mean, just in New Hampshire here, you can understand. How, how someone can just die just being stranded out in the, in the, in the wilderness. Absolutely. I mean, and it's, well, so it's a, you mentioned, I mean, I, I give, I was thinking that first day was easy because I just picture you like uh, the guy in Into the Wild, just with your backpack hiking along the road, probably sticking your thumb out every now and then. You didn't do any hitchhiking, did you? No, I didn't. Well, I, I take that back. No. So I, I got off track on my last day up in Coas County. Um, and I went six miles in the wrong direction. So I had, I had a four wheeler bring me back the six miles so I didn't have to retract, but there's, there's some four wheeler competition that was going on up there. And the guy was happy to bring me back, uh, into the center of town, but that was the only time I hitchhiked and it was just to kind of erase a mistake. But you can have such a diversity of an experience here in New Hampshire. And, but, but again, I just pictured you walking along the, the water, you know, you know, along the road and then. Days later, you know, you're essentially, you kind of just touched on the story, but dad had met up with you and you guys basically had to make camp in the middle of the woods and had bear shit all around you. And, and you popped in your headphones when you got dad, you know, sleeping in the tent next to you with no head. You basically left him stranded. No, I mean, he As was right there with me, that's, but that's what dad tells it. Audioly, yeah, I guess I I I had already spent like three nights in the woods up until that point, so I kind of that first night I I knew that you know if if you just leave it to Mother Nature, it's not like that calming sound that you get on a on a sound machine. It's howls, it's things killing each, it's fisher cats killing things at nights, it's packs of coyotes going by your tent, like. It's it's not anything that you can really sleep through. It's not peaceful up there in, in like in that in that part of the state. Uh, so in this regard, though, as 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 movies go, these are always these are perfect elements in order for a great story. There's always some sort of monster or, or darkness or unknown or you know. So there's always these themes in the man versus wilds the uh, 
uh, themed movies that we're going to be talking about. Right. Here. There's, you know, the, the enduring resilience that you have to, there's always a, first off, there's always, there's usually a goal that someone's reaching like into the wild. He wanted to get out and live, you know, off the, off the grid in Alaska and, and be his own person. And that's based on true story. Um, but you know, the movies we're going to talk about don't necessarily have to be true stories or, you know, cause there's, there's a million of them out there that I'm even going to propose that I don't know if you would consider them man versus wild genre or not, okay. but I'm going to, I'm going to propose them and see, cause it's almost like, so I, I almost want to talk about the journey that comes from man versus wild. Like that's essentially, you just put man in wild and there's going to be some sort of well, yeah. journey or story or. We're, we're going to go through a bunch of movies here, but that's definitely a common, t- the most common term that I heard was wild. And I think we opened up the podcast by saying that a bunch of times, but that seemed to be a buzzword. If it's got the word wild in it, then generally speaking, we're talking about an outdoors movie. And I'd, I'd go back to your point about someone who having a goal in mind. I would say with most of these things, like especially especially into the wild or the actual movie called Wild with uh, Reese Witherspoon, like there is no goal. Like I think it's sometimes it's uh, like these people who go into the woods are kind of lost in in the, the like and, well, and they, 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 all, like all what, what was his end me. goal? Like what was the end goal to like completely shut out society or like and when and when can you actually physically achieve that? Like. It's never. I, I don't. I don't think that there was a goal in no, either one of those movies. Other than I mean, what you're touching on, there's a romantic idea of self sufficiency, and like he was, you know, well, a lot of people, you know, try to seek out how self sufficient they can be. There's a lot of people who are on the road or live, you know, just you know, are are going from place to place, and and just trying to, you know, see how how small of a footprint or small of a life they can live in I mean, big and different ways. So I, I don't think the goal, the goal isn't so like, you know, it, you know, ABC to Z, like you don't reach Z. I think it's more of a, like you're touching on the romanticized idea of like being self-sufficient in the wild. Again, it's, it's kind of like this, this ultimate freedom, I think. And that's kind of the, the, the goal. And, and something that I definitely feel in the woods is some freedom, um, Cause you don't, you know, but it's also, uh, you know, there's that freedom comes with threat. Mm-hmm. And I think that like balance of the two, there's people who get off on it too. Like, you know, that, that extreme nature of people there, you know, there's going to be some, the, some of the rock climbing movies that have come out recently, the uh, free solo, the, uh, the Alpinist, which I'm not sure if you've seen that one, but um, yep, I've seen that one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, and then Don Wall, I think was kind of the third in, in, in this realm of like free soloing and, and new extreme, um, these camera angles that of course are getting with drones and stuff, but it's, it's about seeking, you know, the, what a person can do just by themselves with, you know, either minimalist tools or proper tools. Um, and just kind of pushing the limits of, of what a human can do. Sure. Uh, there's definitely those movies that are out there. So I think what we wanted to do in today's podcast is define like, like I think we could name all of the movies that we're talking about probably on two hands, right? So these are like the journey, like people are, who put themselves out in the elements. There are other there are other movies like a Castaway where someone finds themselves battling the elements not by their choice. And, sure, so they're at the mercy of nature. Right. So I think we want to include those in the in the category as well. Definitely. 
And Definitely. I th- and so in those in those cases, the in, for those types of movies, I'm talking about the movies like The Gray, uh, Castaway, um, Cliffhanger, like Everest, like these these are these are movies where the the goal is to just stay alive. These not, mm-hmm. these aren't movies where they're putting themselves out there by themselves. These are movies where they're caught in the elements and they need to stay alive. So survival films. So there's like a whole, so there's a, a, a section of TV definitely clearly focused on survival yep. uh, techniques and man versus wild, you know, Bear Grylls and, the, and the, the two guys who walk around with one barefoot and the other is like a military dude. Um, there's, there's clearly a, a huge um, draw for survivalist information or stories or in footage and stuff like that. Um, but again, there, I don't know if that's like a common um, genre that someone would use as survivalist, and which is why it's getting linked in with this uh, or looped in with this um, man versus nature theme. Because the, survi- the survival thing is, well, I guess it could um, go past just nature too, because there could be you know a serial killer after you or something. So it's not just. Oh, okay. So before, we, all right. So I guess I, I kind of had a segment that I wanted to do. Like, is this a nature or is this a man yeah. versus nature? But I think now that I'm looking at this, like this could be all of these. I might, I think you might say yes to all, to all of these or uh, who knows? So, right. uh, so like. I kind of have the same thing too. So we, maybe we can go back and forth with like, is this, uh, so we can play a quick round of, is this man versus nature? Okay. So I think we, we clearly established that Into the Wild is one of those, you know, yep. featuring Emil Hirsch. Wild is one of those with, with um, uh, Reese Witherspoon doing the PCT. Um, the Revenant, I think you and I talked pre, pre, th- that could be both because not only is nature trying to kill Leo in that, Tom Hardy's trying to kill, kill Leo in that as well. Yeah, same with, same with the Native Americans and like, as well as, you know, a bunch of other things, the cold and hunger and, you know, <laughs> a million other things. So that, that really is just kind of like, I think that's the definition of like, <sighs> Those are undisputed. Those are our base. Those are our baseline. Those are undisputed. If we're creating this genre, this this man versus nature genre, this man versus wild yeah. genre, this these are undisputably in it. So let's go down okay. to 127 hours. This is the one where James Franco. Yep. It's a true story. I have story. that on my list. He gets he gets his hand caught in like or he's wedged his hand in like some rock. He falls between a crevice and he's stuck there for 127 hours. It, I would in, I would definitely include that in the man versus nature, even though it's just him stuck between a rock for half for more than half the movie. No definitely. spoiler alerts. That would be in there as well, even though he didn't choose to put himself off in that situation. Well, like another theme that I have here is just like that power of nature and almost like the random power of it. So you know, he was a very um, you know. Uh, industrious guy and like used to hiking and it's, it had all the the proper tools for a day hike but he didn't anticipate the rock falling off like something like that something so powerful happening so quick and in such a funny way like i found maddie and i watched that recently and i was like can't he just rip his arm out can't you just tear off the skin and it's like you kind of pin yourself in a position like that and you're like no you can't really do that and this is based off a, a true story by the yeah, way, oh yeah too. definitely it's it's so, it's kind of ironic that this that this happened when I was living in West Hartford, Connecticut. Some guy did this, but it was a lot less. They're not going to make a movie about this. It was a lot 
less of a romantic setting than it was out in the Mojave Desert or wherever they, he was he was hiking. The guy, a guy went to go fix his water heater. It was a guy, I think he was originally from New Hampshire, went to go fix his water heater and stuck his hand up into the water heater and for some reason got his hand caught up in there. It wasn't burning, it was just caught. And he was stuck in his basement for three days, had to do the exact same thing. Had to mm. rip off part of his hand, part, I think maybe even at, even at his wrist, to do that. And this was right around the time. I was living in, I think this movie came out in 2010. That's right around when I was living in West Hartford. And this happened. It was like a big news story down there. But obviously they're not going to make a movie because it's just in a basement. But it, it, you do. You, I was asking myself the same question. I'm like, well, can't you just like shimmy your way out? But clearly if he could, he would have. And we wouldn't be talking about this or there wouldn't have yeah. been a movie made. No, so it, it's it absolutely well. The I don't think that's man versus nature. That's just like man versus himself. Almost. Right, right. So that would not be in the category, but it's the exact no. same scenario that's happening. No, but 127 like hours stuck. is definitely in it because it's you know it's that theme of the power of nature and being essentially at its mercy um, and trying to survive. So it's another survival is almost a key element in these man versus nature stories. So is, um, is, is that the name of the, should that be the name of the genre? The no, because again, like, uh, I, like I said earlier, the serial killer, like you could be trying to survive from a serial killer um, or, you know, so I feel like the survival story is, is, is broader than just man versus nature. Okay. So let me ask you this one then. Is I Am Legend, would you consider that a, what we're going for with this man versus nature genre? Yeah, yeah, I like that question. Uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, because like like the coronavirus or COVID, like viruses are always like uh, adapting and changing. And that's kind of what the, the basis of a zombie movie. You know, okay, and, well, that, what, that would be my next question. That's the next one that right. I have here, 28 days later. Are we concluding it's this a slippery slope? You know, because I think so, I think zombie has its own category, right? Right, and I think I am legend well, could be no. A, zombie is within a horror category. You know, I, I would say that, zombie films has has its own category. So, but, but I am I am legend has these like elements of you know has him hunting the deer. It has the nature taking back over the city. So. Yeah, I think it's almost a case by case basis, um, and probably why it's not. Well, it's ill-defined as of now, but that's what we're doing. Uh, we're doing yeomans. We're we're doing the legwork here on this pod. So I would say I'm going to go ahead and say I'm legend. Yes, only because of it. It's not just a zombie movie. Okay. Yep. You know, it's kind of about de-evolution or or evolution, the de-evolution of mankind or the the downfall. So I don't know, maybe. Uh, but that I, again, that, that's slippery slope. So, so I, how about how about Contagion then? What about Contagion? Contagion, no. So like there are certainly, I feel like that's more about mankind's reaction to it as opposed to mankind's absence. I would say so I'm Legend yeah. is about the absence of man as opposed to the the story of man, if that makes sense. I, I totally agree. I think we've kind of defined at least one corner of this. I Am Legend, yes, even though there's kind of zombies in it. But the actual zombie movie, no. Like, that that mm-hmm. would not right. be part of the survival slash man versus nature, man versus wild. Because, right, I Am Legend is a, is, a, is a story about survival. Yeah. Yep. Which, yeah. So, so how about this? So this is, like, kind of way 
not maybe way out of left field, but there's certainly elements and it's a fantasy movie. How about Lord of the Rings? Well, I had this in my head because it's a jerk, just because I was on the line between Man vs. Wild vs. Journey film. Okay. So I, spoil, not, not spoiler, this idea, I, I wanted to highlight Phil's journey through New Hampshire. And I was like, okay, Man vs. Wild, which, you know, could be, of course, Woman vs. Wild, or it's Human vs. Wild. Let's, oh, there's you plenty of examples here that have, that have Woman vs. Wild. Here of course. Too. But uh, the man using that term, Man vs. Wild, is just like a, an, archetype that we've inherited so anyways but the lord of the rings like i know it's another slippery slope it's like that fantasy like is game of thrones you know the game of thrones isn't because it's less about it's more about the people the relationships whereas like lord of the rings is like they're it's totally like hiking through the the elements and you know surviving no there's there's aspects of that and i think some movies actually take pieces of this category just to kind of uh, you know, uh, sensationalize or, or make it part of the movie. And I think it's, I don't think that, that Lord of the Rings would be in this genre. I, I see right. it more as like sci-fi, fantasy, fantasy. And, yeah. and, and honestly, probably even closer to a war film. And when I, right. thought, of, I thought about this, this is like, it's like Saving Private Ryan or uh, 1917. If you've seen any of those movies, like they're battling the elements in, in those movies as well. But the main right. genre of those movies are wartime movies. And we're, so I think that Lord of the Rings is, even though they're in the mountains, you know, they're having to go through forests, they're having to deal with, you know, things that they come along. I would even say Star, Star Trek or Star Wars does this too, right? So Luke is always sure. either in the hot desert or ice, ice, or in, on Endor going through the redwoods, right. right? Yeah. So Star Wars uses much like Lord of the Rings uses pieces of that to sure. kind of to put their main characters in. But in I a situation where they have to battle the elements, but I wouldn't consider it the overall genre to be included in this man versus nature genre. Because, okay, because the nature, the role of nature in it has to be a core element of the story. It has to be like the focus or almost pushing along the story. Well, absolutely pushing along the storyline as opposed to just being a a uh, hurdle in the story or a, a, a side part of it or a, just a setting like everywhere's got to have a setting you know what i mean or yeah. every story's got to have a setting um but where the setting takes over and becomes a character i think is really what we're trying to get on and that's where that that setting includes the animals within it and the so the monsters is, is something i have written here like whatever whatever thing lives out in the wild is is always going to be you know, within uh, uh, one of these journey or into the wild stories. Okay. Okay. So let's get into that part of it. So I, right now I, I have one that's the only one that I have that has to deal with like animals or things that, that I consider like a man versus beast or man, ver- or, I'm sorry, man versus nature is the gray is the, with Liam Neeson. And ma- mainly because he's battling the cold and the and the snow in Alaska yeah. just as much as he's battling. Uh, or- they're certainly at the mercy of the elements as well as these this uh, the antagonists, which are the wolves. But also it's like some of the guys, but mostly the wolves. But, um, but so, what but, about? But so that's what I'm saying. So I was getting into the point of saying now movies that I don't consider man versus nature. I don't consider like Jaws, Man versus Nature. I don't consider Congo. I don't consider Anaconda. And now there's uh-huh. now there's a new one coming out called The Beast, where it's it's Man versus Lion, Elder Alba versus Lake Placid with the Gator up in, uh, in the right, lake. right. No, so these are ones that I don't consider Man versus okay. Nature because 
I consider these more of like man versus monster than man versus nature. So they're more more of the horror genre as opposed to the man versus nature. This is more so of, if, a, more towards King Kong. This is more towards King Kong than it is and Jurassic Park. That's what I so, I consider those man versus animals. So versus, you would consider you would consider. Hang on now, hang on. So you would consider Jaws and the ones you first listed, Lake Placid and Comet, as more so horror films, but you would consider, and you would consider King Kong and Godzilla in that same? Yes. As horror, as horror films. The, 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 not horror films, but man versus... But I Am Legend, Legend is kind of in a similar realm of like... Well, that's what we're doing here. Like, we we, we got to define like what it no, is. I, I, King Kong is all about like the island that he's on too, and like you know the the crazy creatures that are on it. Like half of it, and same with like Godzilla. It they're they're products of nature. They are, but I'm playing devil's advocate. I kind of agree with you, but I'm just playing devil's advocate to to help to define it because. I am legend. It's the same evolutionary process of like, you know, mankind, nuclear, you know, something mankind did something to, to influence nature reacting in a certain way. Right. Right. Yes. But so for this one, it's the, these monsters or these animals, it's not necessarily the environment. That's the threat. It's the it's one particular animal, the Meg with Jason Statham. <laughs> so, so, so what, what the, the, revenant, just, like, the revenant? The goal is is to kill a, a specific animal, right? So, how, okay, have you seen the movie The Edge with Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins? I, I haven't seen that movie though. I saw it's it when I was researching. But. It's basically the two of them are out. I I think there was a plane crash, but essentially there's a bear that's just hunting them the whole time. Like, and of course there's dynamics between the two of them, like, you know, some, you know, you know, tripping the guy when he's, you know, whatever. Um, but I won't spoil the movie, but it's a really good movie. Um, but the bear certainly represents the impending threat. Okay. And is that the, is that the focus of the entire movie? Yes. Yes. Is, is, the bear's on the cover. Okay. So like I said, with the Congo, with Anaconda, with the beast, these are all supernatural beasts. These are all supernatural animals that really don't exist. And they and Jaws, these are hyped up. Like Jaws seems to find them. A regular shark would not just seek out the same boat and the same humans. It wouldn't recognize. This is a fantasized beast that is in all of these movies. With the Revenant, this could happen. Like that's an actual, that could actually happen with a grizzly bear if you ran into it. And I don't know what the one that you're talking about with Alec Baldwin but if they sensationalize like how big the if it's not a realistic attack or realistic dealing with it is nature, it is a realistic okay bear. Then, then yeah then then in, in that case then I would it's include a real bear actually then I would include it's, it in in this genre that you and I are trying to define the other ones are almost more sci-fi and like like monster hunt down than, so as soon as that as soon as the the being the antagonist becomes unnatural, that's when you're taking it out of man versus nature. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay. Like Jurassic it. Park, I would put Jurassic Park in the same genre okay. as Congo Anaconda as I would than than rather man versus nature because it's 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 something that really couldn't happen. Like that. How about, this? How about Jumanji? No, no, yeah, exactly, yeah, Jumanji. You're, it's you're man just, versus nature. You're, bait, you're baiting me. It's man versus a board game. What? I'm not. 
No, but but this is a serious question because it is a man versus nature movie about. I know things are embellished, of course, and uh, and we want to mention it because it takes place in New Hampshire, but um, uh, and was shot in New Hampshire, but also, you know, it's total. It's the monkey, like the back in is is in the nineties and the new. I'm not really talking about the new ones. I'm talking about the Robin Williams. Yeah, I got you. Um, and but it's it was the creatures were the animals were real animals. Was it was, was monkeys. yeah, but no, they, I mean they're CGI, but I mean they were just monkeys and they were just elephants and they were just zebras. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, they but the, like, the idea of it was that it's all coming out of a board game, which could never yeah, happen. Yeah, but, but it's still man versus nature. The kid was turning into a monkey. Some of the things, some of those spiders just didn't even look close to real. Like there's no big right. plastic spiders like that. Uh, like. The, the fact that, like, there was flooding inside of a house, like, like rivers coming through a house, uh, you know, vines growing by the, by the second, never mind. Like, no, that, that, all that well, stuff all is... People should know how quickly nature can change. Well, I've, no. I've got a plant here that's, that's growing quickly on my desk, but it's not to the point where I'm, I'm worried that it's going to choke me out or throw poison darts at me. Like, yeah, right. all, all of that is, yes, I put that over in the fantasy sci-fi man versus fictional fantasy so fantasy and man versus nature can't coincide they can't coexist i don't think they can but it's yeah they can so much like you can take up an element that is real but if it's mixed with something that's overarching that's not real such as jumanji such as jurassic park then then no then then we're not, it's not it's not in the in the category that we're trying to define it's not in the natural realm of existence in, yeah. in reality okay so it has to be partially based in some form of reality for you yes yep okay so how about this how about this how about twister yes twister would be one of those yep and you don't think that's over embellished or like actually when's the last time you've watched that movie oh within the year actually it's, it's it's silly. It's, it's a good. very silly. Like Seymour Hoffman is great in it. And, Dusty, uh, what's his name? Dusty in it or something? Yeah, it's just like the, the stereotypical rad '90s guy. I'm sure we. I think we actually talked about it on the podcast recently. But anyways, but that I feel like most things are embellished in that movie. Okay, so any movie that you're gonna get is gonna be embellished, but this isn't like. Like there's not a tw- like if the twister was like the size of Rhode it's Island. It's not a cent. It's not a sentient. Twister. Right. These were all believable twisters, even though they came across the biggest, baddest one, the F5. Like that's an existing twister. Like that has happened. Right. So like, yeah, I, I would put that as man versus nature, even as wacky and, and going back and as like, you know, enhanced or whatever as it, as it was. Yeah, I would still consider it a man versus nature movie. And I didn't okay. have that on my list. So that was a good one to bring up. So so, how about how about okay? So we're since we're on the realm of uh, we're talking fantastical stuff. Uh, Life of Pi is that out? So that uh, that's out. Yeah, that's out. Maybe because, because yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because of, and how how fake the um, how fake the, the tiger was in that. I watched it this past year. Maddie really suggested I watched it, and visually it was really cool. Like, it was it very was, cool, but that movie the tiger, it, like the CGI, like the, the CGI animals. I think the rest of it was actually like the. I mean, philosophy is real cool, but the visually, I think, in particular, it was really stimulating. I, like, if, if you're asking yourself in real life, how long would that would they those two exist on a boat? And if the answer is if the answer is anything more than ten seconds, you're wrong. Like yeah, right. no, that's okay. So the, uh, we're all right. 
we're definitely touching, you need some, some reality in it. So I, I get that. So my, well, last touch upon the, actually, I got a few fantastical ones, but I won't All right, bring no, Throw them at me, throw them at me. Cause who well, knows? You, one of them, you can convince one of me. A joke, but no, but this one is more serious because they're anthropomorphized in a way. So Balto, um, do you know the movie Balto? Yeah, they, yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's a cartoon, right? Yes, and what well, they did a live action version, I think, for like school or whatever. You know, her for like, um, you know, made Hallmark Channel or sure. something. But uh, but no, the the Disney did one, and it's based on a true story about the uh, a um, vaccine shortage or um, they needed something up, and they basically had to run the Iditarod yeah. or through the snow and this. Balto's a dog. Anyways, so Balto and Homeward Bound. I know they're they're animals in na- nature and facing nature, and they're kind of anthropomorphized. Like you know, in Homeward Bound, they have Michael J. Fox speaking for Chance. Like, is that a man in, in the yes. in the realm? Absolutely, yes. I, oh, I have okay. Yeah, I have that in here. Even though they, there can be scenes that are just like unbelievable, like. I'll go back to the Revenant, the bear scene. But it's that human versus nature, though. It's it's nature. It's like yeah, but dogs I mean, are domesticated. These both yeah. in both cases for the Disney movie and this, they have they have human voices, right? It's Michael J. Fox. It's right. Sally Field, who are well. Who are, and what I was just gonna say is they're domesticated, so they're of they're in a human house, like the human realm, kind of. So I, I would yeah. include those. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. I like. I like getting you to kind of backtrack too, and you know. Uh, there's no backtracking here. Like these, these again. I understand it's a talking dog, so this is like you know. But you're in in that in that reality. Then yes, like this. They're not put in a situation where they have to like take down a like a ninety foot you know snake or something. Like this is they're they're in a world where they're taking that. Like these are they're dealing with real elements. So there's real elements and it's got to be either animal or environmental or right. So it's all right. So let's, it's got to be real. It's got to be environmental or animal or what's, what's, what's like a fourth thing that it needs to be like a survival oriented is usually, you know, grouped in there. Um, and I mean, th- those are kind of like some of the four key elements that we've sent found so far yeah i mean most of them are action movies um it's i don't think there are many man versus nature that aren't action movies so i think they probably are all currently listed under the action genre yeah uh at the moment yeah i would say but i I, what i'm saying is much like horror has like thriller or you know they have a zombie zombie category or what else like a slasher, slasher, slasher yeah, right? Yeah. I think that these action movies need to have a subset that is what we're t- trying to define: man versus nature, man versus wild type of thing. Um, another one that I have here um, is uh, River Wild. Have you seen the movie with Kevin Bacon? I think I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember because I, in my research, I saw the cover and it brought me right back to the movie, the video store, and seeing the cover. But I do remember watching it years later. And go ahead, though. So I mean, in this one, really, the bad guy isn't necessarily the river. They're not trying to like. There, there's two things. They're that they're running trying away to... from Kevin, right? 
Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Bacon's Bacon the bad guy. Him. Right, Kevin yeah. Bacon is the bad yeah. guy. And he's trying to protect his family and his wife yeah. from Kevin Bacon. And, yes. But he's yes. also having to, in order to get away, he's got to go down these like class five the rapids, rapids right? yeah. just to get yeah. away from him. So there's the bad, the actual bad guy is that, but the title is <laughs> River and Wild, River Wild. And so <laughs> it, you're going into the movie saying, okay, I'm going to see these people try to take on some of like the, the toughest rafting in the world. So another theme that I have written down here is that there's always these do or die scenarios. I mean, the, the, the survival is a part of it, but you're in there for these movies. There's always going to be a, one of these moments where it's like, okay, this is going to be either, this is either going to be the end of the story or it's going like, there has to be that pinnacle moment. Would you say, would you say for you hiking through New Hampshire, that's the, the bear, when you guys are camping out in the bear, you're like, or in the bear stuff is around. You're like, okay, like this is the night where I need to be. Like, when you say the when you say the bear stuff, it was an actual bear that was following us for a couple miles on the trail, because we had food in our backpacks. And well, what happened was we were going through the through the trail, and we see we come across a, a bear pile of poop, and then all of a sudden we hear the the bushes next to us shake just like that, and and dad and i just go like oh shit like what do we do because there's clearly a big bear in through like probably about 10 you couldn't see him couldn't couldn't see see through it because because the because the the brush was so thick but he was there the the pile was still seeming and what we had to do is just figure out like what are we going to do so this bear doesn't attack us like yeah like i would say that that's probably the most oh shit moment like there was an option that that could have been the wrong option in that scenario right so so yeah which would have been what to to run probably to run so we just kind of slowly moved away and like you know kind of kept our distance and he he seemingly followed us we never actually saw him but we could we could hear him and it felt like he was following us for about three what, was miles, he snorting three miles after that and he's just like moving through the trees like he yeah he was just making noise just by walking yeah, just kind of, he's making himself known. Like they they can be quiet. So if he's like bumping up against stuff, I'm sure he's letting you know, or he mm-hmm. or she, whatever. Especially if there's some cubs around. Like that's that's bear one on one, and you see a mother and her cubs. You get you. I mean, just what was it last year? We went hiking and we just ran into a lady who had been charged by a bear just before it. Yeah, like her and her, her dog. Do- her dog. Yeah. yeah. That's what this 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 stuff happened. I mean, we we I spend a lot of every day in the woods and. Like there's always stuff out there, but that's why it's always the most exciting. Why I choose to spend my days out there because there's always something that's yeah. happening. Up. But, but I mean, but I like to do in with reasonable risk. Some of these people are just literally looking for the edge. I mean, that's I think into the wild. Going back to our first one we talked about, I think he was like always going to die. Like he 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 was looking for the edge, and even when he was out there and kind of like hit the edge he was it was wasn't gonna give up you know it was almost like well that was an accepted option for him that's why i said he didn't really have a goal he was just kind of looking for something that was, he was running he was running away right. it was essentially what he was running away from his problems and he wasn't dealing with, like i get the like that's that romantic idea of like heading west you know uh horace Greeley grew up or uh whose house is down the road from me right now, uh, said, go west, young man. And, like, that's, like, an American, uh, um, you know, ideal, in a way, is that exploration mentality. Pioneer, right, yeah. Right, exactly. So 
it's kind of like, and there's a lot of people as a person, I've traveled a lot on the road and like driving and there are tons of people who are just tramping and, and like going, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who are still looking for that, um, looking for that, you know, whatever satiation they, they need, they think they need. And, you know, I certainly have traveled and wandered and, and you know, been to a bunch of different places looking for, I, I guess I didn't know either, but that's like, I guess that's part of being human is to, to go out and look, right? Yeah, I mean, some humans have it in them. Others are perfectly fine curled up on the couch. But yeah, there, there is there is some people who seek that out. There's a movie. But then there are people like Pierce Brosnan and Dante's Peak who just have a, a magnet on his back for for lava. And okay, so, so Dante's Peak is like, that's like right on the line of like man versus what? nature stuff. How are, you gonna, how are you not going to include Dante's Peak? But you, I, you'll include all these other ones. How? You'll include Twister, but not Dante's Peak. Uh, all right, I'll I'll include Dante's Peak, but I felt okay. like Dante's Peak was just like sensationalized, like way, way, way more. Like they almost made the lava seem alive in that movie, like it was coming at him. You know what I mean? Like it's like bursting out of the closet. It's like spooking him out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. As if the house wouldn't be on fire. Well, no, that that's there. a good one. It's in. It's definitely in. If I'm if I'm you know controlling the filters over at Netflix, that's that's getting into into my uh, man versus nature one. So. But it, it was. He was just like, okay, you could have just like crossed the bridge yesterday and instead like you're on this adventure. And it did. It seemed like for an hour and a half the lava was chasing them the entire time. Like it was just kind of funny. But Well, Pierce was essentially had to run up towards the lava to bring people back. Yeah, it's great. Dude, that's a great, um, a great action movie. It is so a great action movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I love the movie. I'm just saying that it's borders fantasy because of how – sensationalized like they knew the thing was gonna blow the entire time and they almost did nothing about it but. okay next next step in terms of like sensational visual media how about the perfect storm i have that on my on my on the line here so i have a but i have a the list hundred of foot wave that's how they sold that movie is the, the hundred foot wave kid like remember, no the hundred year storm the hundred year storm oh right but no but also the wave remember like how so like twister had the cow in the tornado that they sold the film with that, that everybody went and saw and then it actually wasn't there. But anyway, but they, but they sold the perfect storm with this massive, the, the shot of the huge wave, mm -hmm. you know, so, like that was the money shot. So yes, because that's a true story. Yes. I do consider it a man versus nature. These guys have to battle nature to make their living. And just because it's out in the water versus in the woods, I still consider that part of a man, our man versus nature category. So yeah, and and I did, I had that one listed here. So I'm glad you brought that up. So and I guess this is probably my last question, one that I that I have a question for. The rest I'm pretty sure about. But uh, since it's Leo, I also wanted to bring it up. Perfect. The beat, the beach with Leo, and uh, you've seen it, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I've definitely seen it. I'm just so thinking. The beach is he's essentially traveling. He's a you know. Much like Into the Wild, he's traveling for, you know, for reasons beyond him, just seeking adventure. Sure. And he comes across this society that, secret society that lives on a beach, but there are certainly uh, natural elements they have to overcome and, you know, hurt nat natural hurdles from the world, the natural world that they had to, you know, 
jump off the waterfall, deal with the shark. Yeah, deal with so, the, I mean, it all kind of revolves around this, the shark thing, right? Like, it's the journey to get to the beach, one, is, is one that is part of the movie that's definitely man versus nature. And then two, the battling of the shark. There's a theory that says he actually died, like, when he when he got bit by the shark. Because from then on, he's the man. It's like, from then on, it just kind of goes oh, crazy. But the, well, he trips out for a while. Right, exactly. You know, he he kind of has, like, an outer body experience. Jungle he, trip, right. Yeah. He, he heals relatively quickly, and then he, all of a sudden, he's like... I don't, he doesn't get bit by the shark, though. He gets he, it. He kills the shark. The other guy gets bit by the shark. Oh, okay, right. So anyways, but I understand what you're saying. He, so that instead of killing the shark, he the shark killed him, and like he's right. tripping. From then on out, he's he lives what he deems to be. That's the theory of that. But yeah, I I think I put it in there because not one of those but things was unless it's like okay, now this is his altered reality. Then I then it's a different category. But no, but I think it's also so when the guy does the Swiss guy gets bitten or gets bitten by the shark. And they basically, you know, he's dying in front of them and they just put him out in the jungle and don't want to deal with him. That's like man versus not wanting to deal with nature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that is how they as a group collectively dealt with the natural world was just shutting it off. Okay. And shutting it away. So I'm going to go, yes, it's kind of like a modern day Lord of the Flies. And so I would consider Lord of the Flies part of that. That's a great comparison. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's an, that's a good comparison. So yeah. And because it's got Leo, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Leo, you're in the beach. It's in. (laughs) That's a great one. So that would be, if you haven't seen that one, that's like one of early Leo's early days where he's still figuring out who he is as an actor and definitely does some overacting and that stuff. But it's still, it's, still, it's entertaining and good. Um, did you have any more questions for me to help to define this, to help narrow it? Um, I, mean, I, I had some goofy ones, but I mean... I have some I goofy ones know. too, but I, I've got one, uh, Apocalypto. Would you consider... Yeah, I have that written down here as well, actually. Uh, would you consider that a man versus nature? Because he has to battle the panther. He has to no. battle... Okay. No. Because it's, it's almost like man is a part of nature. Because he is... The, the metaphor is that he's the Black Panther. Like... Like he is like you know what I mean like the at the, the sign end the, yeah at the end but like at the beginning like there's things that he has to deal with as far as like set, settlers and or not well, settlers, the colonization but, well I feel like it was they were living I think the suggestion and it's a Mel Gibson movie so I don't want to read too far into what it's suggesting but um, the suggestion was is that you know they were living amongst you know the forest and living with it and then the colonization well. The you know the Incans was it the Mayans or Incans? I you know. I well, so they, I th- they never say it. So you're what you're supposed to think the entire time is that they're somewhere in like the Brazilian South African jungle, and then but that's two different places, Brazil, two different continents. I'm sorry, so, South American jungle. You're right. Yeah. Um, and then you know that they, that they're still like indigenous people or whatever. But then really, I kind of like the spoil. I guess spoiler on this one. Is that I think you're supposed to think that it's it's something like Mayan or or South American, and then at the end they show like um, American settlers coming in, or at least what you're supposed Spaniard, to. Spaniards, no, no, Spaniards. Spaniards, they have the right. Helmets. Spaniards, right. So again, Christopher Columbus, that type, and I don't know. So it, yeah. he definitely has to like navigate the jungle and keep his family alive in the wilderness and stuff well, like the that. Setting, the setting certainly movie. pushes along the story in certain ways and you know that the the way that the panther is used it certainly is a, a key element to 
the plot of the story, but I don't see the verses. So I don't see how it's man versus nature. It's more, it's more, he almost uses the, he ends up using the, the natural world as his tools. You know, he, he blends in and he, he evades and he, you know, his knowledge of the forest comes back to help him. So it's almost not verses. I wouldn't consider it of man versus nature, but I, I totally get the, I have it here written down here too. I, you know, and that's why I use like things like journey stuff, like whether, you know, something that takes place in the outdoors, it's, it's hard not to lump it in with this stuff. Mm. I think I'm including it. I think I am, but it's, it's definitely right there on the line. This is like, again, this is in my category of is it or is it an apocalyptic? (laughs) It was there. All right, how about Tropic Thunder? Would you consider Tropic Thunder a man versus wild? So I'm glad you brought this up because you, we touched on it earlier, the the war films. Um, I think in particular Vietnam films because a lot of it takes place in the jungle um, and where we were completely, you know, there's a lot of things that they were, any Vietnam film you'll see okay. them, the snakes and and the, the rain and the... Uh, the, the elements certainly play more of a role rather than say like World War II and, and you know, on the Western front. Um, so I see where, like I, I wanted to go there for a bunch, in a bunch of different Vietnam movies. I totally did want to, but I think that's just the nature of uh, in an invasive war or an invasive war uh, is like, you know, going into places where you have to deal like, so how about you know Normandy storming the beaches of Normandy? No, because those are actual that. wars. This is this isn't these guys aren't dropped into a war. They're dro- they're dropped into nature. The director blows himself to smithereens by stepping. So on okay, line. so going back to is is Tropic Thunder man versus nature? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no no it's a comedy it's uh, an action comedy. Okay, but, but why it, can't I, com- why can't comedy be a part of that subset? Like if you're looking at the Venn diagram, like point. why can't yeah. the movie? How about the movie Seth Green movie without a paddle? That is definitely man versus nature. <laughs> okay, yeah, hundred yeah, percent, sure. and that's comedy too. So, but I'm saying what Tropic Thunder is a satire, primarily. Firstly, it's a satire. Secondly, it's an action movie. Thirdly, you know, it's a war movie. Okay. Like, so it's not it's 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 comedy then action then war. I mean the the in that war it happened to be Vietnam, so they're in the jungle. So I think you know if it's that far down the line of the if the the natural elements are that far down the line in terms of being a I think a, a core element is has to be in the first two or three uh, talking points. Okay, all right, fair enough. So like how about so last fantastical one I, I won't throw the animal with Rob Schneider at you because I, I think I know how you feel about that but uh, but well, how about um, you know how I feel I love I love the movie do not want it do not think it's in the category that's man versus nature if I've ever seen it Moving I mean, on. but how about so how about uh, the day after tomorrow okay with, yeah uh, this was on mine too um, yes I would consider it is. It kind of has to be, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but it again, it, it kind of goes in the face of what I was kind of defining. Like, it's not real. It's exactly. not realistic that the. It's not realistic that the Earth is going to freeze over in two days, two days before the day after tomorrow. My God, <laughs> wait a minute, that's today. <laughs> <laughs> like that part of it isn't real, but they get that they get that bullshit out of the way. You roll your eyes, like they get it out of the way, and then you're you're in an element where you have to survive from then on out. 
It's so ridiculous that I don't want to include it just because of how bad of a movie it is. But I think the way that we mapped it out, it has to be. He walks from D.C. to New York in like a day or something like that. Like, give me a break. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. In the, in the worst. Yeah. He, snowshoes or cross country snips. Cross country skis. That is Quaid to save Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Is it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, yeah Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. I actually, so real quick, I jumped too far because I wanted to bring up, ah, shit. Well, I just wanted to bring up Sylvester. So, so is Rambo Man vs. Wild? No, that's Man versus the Man. Yeah, how about, not nice. How about, how about Cliffhanger? Yes, that is. Because that's, that's Man, that's I mean, man even, though there's, man even though there's bad guys in it, that's Man versus the Mountain. Like, you're going... I think a lot of this too has to do with the title. You're going into the movie without even seeing a trailer or whatever. You're going into the movie knowing that there's going to be some sick climbing scenes. There's going to be like that do or die moment that you're talking about where they're going to have to hang off a cliff or jump off a cliff or whatever. Uh, so yeah, that, that definitely is in, in, in the man versus nature category. So I'm going to go ahead and make a proclamation here that see, I think it's, it's going to be hard not to agree with. So Castaway is the man versus nature film. Absolutely. The man versus nature film. Like if, if there's one, th- that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's it. I mean, I, th- that's probably the most popular one, for sure. Like if but it's also, that is, the, that is the story. It's one man in surviving in an unknown environment, in the, in the bear out in nature. If you go back like. and watch that movie, there's a shocking percentage of that movie that is not on the island. I would say yeah. he's only on the island for probably 40% of the movie, which is, you wouldn't think that that would be. Well, it's setting up his relationship with Jodie Foster. It's not Jodie Foster, is it? Helen it's, Hunt. Uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, right. Um, uh, yeah, so it's a lot of like the what he's reminiscing about and thinking about. Um, and, the, and, it, and leading up to it too, the plane doesn't crash until like maybe 25 minutes into the yeah. movie. Too. Oh, that's a damn in, intense plane crash scene. Probably yeah. that and uh, the gray had two very intense plane crash scenes where I was like, oh shit, like that's that's intense. Lost as well. But uh, so, but yeah, so, but that is, if you're going to point to one that that's, that's definitely, that's definitely the, probably the one. Into the Wild, maybe. Into the Wild, maybe. But he's, he has running water for the majority of that movie too. Yeah, it's I not- think it's more with society. I think that's more man versus like systemic uh, issues, like or societal issues. Just kind of that that desire. That's the romanticization of the wild. Like and- that is where like these stories and the the drive that that that's more defining man's idea of the wild like which is uh, is something besides you know verses because when you're in the face of the wild it's a lot different than when it's hanging on your wall sure you know definitely so um, so reese Reese witherspoon's wild versus the pct that's probably another one that you can point to as well that's that's popular that has an identifiable actress um that's that's known well known enough that you could probably point to as well so we, I think we've done a pretty good job defining it here. We've got, we've got basic, it's got to be decently based in reality. It's got to be, the natural world has to be a core element. And, and what else? It's, it's got to be, you know, there's got to be. 
a goal. What's the what's a survivalistic the nature to it? Like there has to be some sort of survivalistic nature. Like it has to be the main focus of the movie rather than just a tool that a movie uses. Um, yeah, all of the, all of those things. Uh, a couple more movies just to rattle off, and then we'll kind of get in. I think we want to do our re- recommendations. There's a movie called The Perfect Getaway with Steve Zahn, Tim O'Fillian, uh, uh That's that's in Hawaii. That's good. A couple of throwbacks for our older listeners that will probably, if we didn't mention them here, we'd definitely get it in our socials or our text. That's Deliverance, Jeremiah Johnson, Call of the Wild, and Robinson Crusoe. Um, I think uh, Jeremiah Johnson was uh, Robert Redford, Call of the Wild was Charlton Heston, um, and then what was the other one I just said? Robinson, Robinson, Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe. I don't know who originally played it, but Pierce Brosnan actually played the, the newest version of Robinson Crusoe. Which is mm. one that I think is is ready for a remake. Um, mm. Then there's a river runs through it with Brad Pitt. Um, that's another. He's out. It's more of a fly fishing movie, but it's 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 definitely based in nature. And there's a few river scenes where he's gotta, you know, battle the elements. But those are just a few more that I wanted to get out uh, before we ended. So. So is is uh, as I understand it, a river runs through it is essentially the Bagger Vance of nature. So it's like using yeah. nature as metaphor, like. You know how Bagger Vance uses golf as metaphor for life. Yeah, like na- nature and fishing, but yeah. Fly fishing. Using fly fishing as a metaphor for like a philosophical approach, as I understand. Prime, prime Brad, prime bad, bad, prime Brad Pitt as well. So had to mention it, much like we did all the Leo ones. We had the guy to- can do, the Brad Pitt, is, second to Leo, probably can essentially do no harm in our eyes. There's a new one with Angelina Jolie. I think it's called like Smoke Jumpers or something like that that she was in. That, that That's another one. But again, it's so sensational. It's like the fire's chasing her the entire time where, I don't know, you, we might have to we might have to bring that to, to another panel to see if it's in there. Finally, so, last one before I, we make our recommendations. We can't go without saying the one that just came out this year, Naomi Watts' Infinite Storm. It's actually based on Mount Washington. They, they finally did a movie that was based on Mount Washington. Again, completely sensationalized. Though death is a death is a threat up on Mount Washington. It never happens like it does in this movie. Um, so, uh, but I had to mention it because finally New Hampshire gets some national recognition with the movie and a real actress, Naomi Watts. She's a legit actress. Uh, who stars in, in this survivalist uh, that's based off of the AMC huts and, and Mount Washington. So is that your recommendation? No, that is not my recommendation. I was going, I mean, that was going to be mine just because of it involving New Hampshire and we, we rep New Hampshire hard. Um, but I, it looks like some of those shots are actually already shot in the Rockies. Yeah. Um, so, so we're, we're particular about that. Minus points, minus points. Like we noticed that in Breaking Bad too. It's like we don't have those conifers right, in New Hampshire. Right. And it's like, you're clear, yeah, you're clearly in like the Sierra Woods. Like that's not New Hampshire. Yeah. So my coming down to the end of the podcast here, we wanted to do some recommendations. I feel like that's something that we'll probably do going forth, um, as well as you know these did you knows and these Phil's facts and all these stuff. We're having we're enjoying that aspect of the research. Um, so one of my recommendations, which I'm surprised we didn't mention with all the bear talk, was. It's a, it's actually, a, it's a live, uh, it's a talk, documentary story called Grizzly Man. Um, have you seen Grizzly Man? No, right? nope. You haven't seen Grizzly Man? I have not, no. Oh, wow. Oh, so it's a, it's Warner Hirschberg, who you recognize his voice. He's a documenter, um, does produce the film. And it's, 
this guy, Timothy, I can't remember his last name, but he is essentially, he lives out, this is real. This is all real footage. He lives out in Alaska year to year with the bears and out in the wild um, and videotapes it all. So he himself videotapes everything. And for probably like eight to 10 years, um, he's out there doing his thing. And he's literally living amongst the bears, feet away from them, you know, uh, uh, as well as the, the rest of the wildlife, which some of the shots he gets are just incredible. He befriends these couple of foxes and it's, it's a really, really neat thing. There's no spoiler here. He ends up getting killed by a grizzly bear. I, I was just going to say that. I, I've been said, I, I haven't seen this and I already know yep. this guy died. No, that's like, that's like anyone, who, anyone who sticks their head in the lion's, in the lion's mouth or hangs out with grizzlies. There's only one ending for you. If you don't, if you, there's no end to it. If you don't pull yourself out when you're still alive, there is only one ending, and you're you're gonna you're gonna get mauled. You're gonna die. You're in a hungry grizzly bear's territory, and yeah, you're and you're a snack. Yeah. So, anyways, he he ended up getting killed by a grizzly bear, and they uh, and they had they ended up being on film, which they don't show you that, but they have someone kind of narrate it and stuff. So certainly some intense parts, but. It's more one of these man versus nature stories that uh, I want. I'm suggesting because it's not necessarily about the versus aspect. It's it is certainly navigating the elements and navigating the bears, but he, you know, it's a personal story too. He he's clearly like has some you know there's some trauma or something that led him to do, you know the you know to seek life out there just like into the wild. So it was it's a more of like one of those philosophical movies about nature as well. Um, and it gets a lot of like Inuit perspectives on like what he was doing with the bears and how it's, you know, fucked up. Like they're like, no, we leave the bears alone. Like, <laughs> like for their sake too. Like, you know, they don't want them being accustomed to humans. So anyways, that is probably my top recommendation. Um, and, and, uh, and then on top of the, the new New Hampshire one there too. Okay, cool. I've got, I've got one. It's called leave no trace starring Ben Foster movie about uh, uh, a guy and his daughter I think he's he's a war vet um, who just kind of can't blend back in with society based off of his PTSD or you know what have you it's a little bit of can't cut it in society and a little bit of let's live the minimalistic life so he brings his daughter into these remote places in the Oregon woods and you know someone catches wind that he's living up there and, and I guess for lack of a better term the Oregon Rangers try to try to vacate him from the forest and get him back into like a you know assisted living programs and stuff and he's just like screw that he's like we're living the we're living the you know the rural life and so it's just it's him taking those steps to both protect his daughter answer questions why they're doing that and also that you go through the Oregon forest and they're they're just trying to survive you know a rainy it is i think it's technically a rainforest up there um, and I just I, I like Ben Foster the actor. I'm not I'm not giving anything away by telling you the plot line there, but uh, the top of my recommendation for the genre that we're defining here. Nice, yeah. I I haven't seen that one, but I no Ben Foster is one of those guys who like knows how to choose a script. I feel like he knows he knows his acting strengths. So I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Cool. And if you don't know who he is, he's in Lone Survivor and like Three Ten to Yuma and like a bunch of random stuff. Um, so anyways, um, but we're lucky that our man versus nature stories haven't really ended up in knock on wood, too many harrowing, uh, uh, ends. Um, so it seems like that's another common thing is they often, these man versus nature stories often end in death or, you know, or somebody 
you know, losing a limb for life or, you know, they usually, if the person comes through, they definitely have some perspective, but uh, that's the thing. It, it, a lot of the times with these stories, they're lucky if they come through, you know? Mm-hmm. True. Um, so anyways, if you are, if you work, if you're listening to this, you work for Netflix, you work for Prime, you work for any type of streaming service that categorizes movies, the dog and I are pleading, let's make this outdoor slash man versus nature a category. And if you need a list, just listen to this podcast or DM us uh, and we'll help you. suggestions are the day after tomorrow. <laughs> Twister. <laughs> I am legend, Twister. Yeah, right. Cool. Now, does, those three in a row, those don't sound like uh, man versus nature movies, but they are in the context that we were talking about, and they did. For sure. There's enough out there. I think we've proven today that there's enough out there where this needs to be a category. Um, and I'm sure that there's hundreds that we missed. So I, as always, I'm going to plead for social media Let's to get the interaction. Tell us what we missed. Tell us what your favorite ones are. Um, and, and unfortunately, and, and pretty, dog, uh, n- nature is calling me right now, so <laughs> I don't really feel like having a harrowing experience. That's a battle. Time. That's a battle you just can't win. You can't fight that battle. So I'll let you go, dog. This has been fun. All right, see ya. All right, Jerks in the Fourth Row with a little bit of bonus coverage. At the end of a lot of our podcasts, we realized that we've forgotten a couple of things that we wanted to mention on the main pod, and I'm just too lazy to go back and edit, so we've got a little bit of bonus time. Dog, I think most of this bonus time uh, is... This is this is definitely my my by my request. Uh, you know, if you've already listened for an hour and ten minutes, what's another five? Uh, there, there's a couple of things that I, it popped into my head that I, so this podcast was to largely highlight Phil's trip uh, and Phil's hike through New Hampshire. Um, and one thing that we didn't mention is that it, he was doing it um, to raise money for the Jimmy Fund in cancer research. Um, and I thought that was just something important that like because we were talking about goals, like why people do this stuff. And you weren't just doing it. I mean, you were doing it for the adventure, but you also had a goal in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had recently lost Uncle Ed um, to cancer. And then I know my, my one of my closest friends, Tommy, has had, a, you know, a battle with cancer in and out throughout his life, uh, currently cancer free, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, I was that was a big part of the actual uh, hike was to raise money for, you know, cancer. How much cancer did you research. end up raising actually in the we, end? We, we got over just t- just over $10,000. That's so, huge. Yeah. That's huge. I think that's honestly worth touching on real quick. Um, and the fact that people also along your way, you're meeting people who were inspired by what you were doing and who wanted to to donate. So a lot, I feel like through this podcast, we talked a lot about like all the harrowing experiences and all the, the the monsters and the bears in the woods. But, you know, there's also a lot of like really kind people and interesting people that you meet along the way, which was a big part of Into the Wild and stuff as well was meeting people who wanted to help you out. Wow. Yeah, so I got offers for places to stay. I mean, I always had a campground or a destination that I would go, so I never took anyone up on it. But, you know, I got to the Crawford Notch and, you know, mentioned, or not mentioned, people just asked me what I was doing for, for the day or whatever. And I was I, I talked about my hike and what it was for. And they go, oh, you know, I think everyone in their life has been touched in one way, whether it's that personally or, you know, a family member that's, been, that's had to deal um, or battle cancer. 
Um, so yeah, the, you know, certain things like a room upgrade here or there, or someone buying me a sandwich, offering for a place to stay, things along the line that just was really kind of touching as as I went through, you know, my the all the different towns throughout the state. Yeah, and, and on top of you know learning a little bit about the history. So I mean, I feel like we just touched on so much of like the tough stuff about like uh, one of, some of these adventures, and then there was a lot of cool stuff that happened to you along the way. Um, and then also, I mean, for me, uh, there was a big movie that we left out. Then on the on the trail this morning, I got reminded because a red-tailed hawk did a flyover. Uh, how do we forget Almost Heroes with Chris Farley and Matthew Perry? <laughs> well, I think we could put that in the same thing when we were talking about Tropic Thunder and Without a Paddle. I don't know. I think, I think that this is more of a man versus wild. So if you don't know the movie, uh, it's Almost Heroes, and it's a, basically Matthew Perry and... Chris Farley racing against uh, Lewis and Clark to discover the Pacific and map the Pacific, uh, the trail to the Pacific. And uh, it's basically, it is man versus nature, is it not? Oh, it definitely is. I mean, especially the eagle scene where Chris yeah, Farley right. has to get the eagle egg. And he... Right. <laughs> he oh, I guess they have the shell. <laughs> yeah, he ends up eating the egg, like, <laughs> just crying. And then he finally, when he finally gets the egg, they just crack it right in front of him. He he could have completed the mission like three other times, and then because they right. just no, needed well, the shell, yeah, the shell of an eagle. She just needed the shell and not the whole egg himself. So he kept he couldn't he couldn't resist. One time he kills a buffalo and couldn't and has buffalo bacon, and he couldn't not he couldn't just have bacon without the egg. So he had to crack <laughs> the. And every time he did the like the eagle egg, he would like be attacked by the eagle. And that, yeah. this is one of Phil and I's like favorite scenes to to mimic. And they also, so the red tail hawk is also like, they use the red tail hawk call in all these movies. This is another fun, quick fun fact. So it, eagles don't actually make that sound. Like a, that's actually the a red tail hawk sound, but it just sounds better, you know? So, right. but anyways, if you haven't watched Almost Heroes recently, go back and, uh, enjoy a bit of comedy so that's where comedy and man versus nature you know are oh, basically that's that's definitely going under our category for sure i mean comedy first and then the subcategory can definitely be tied in there so that yeah. that was a good one i'm glad you brought that up yeah and this you know this was just you know i thought it was important to uh to definitely touch on your you know the different goals that you had in mind and some of the nice people that you went along the way on top of you know adding a little chris farley on so I appreciate everybody indulging me, dog, and you getting back and doing a little extra editing. So, hey, little bonus never hurt anyone. All right, this was good, man. So stay wild out there, guys. Peace. <laughs>